Welcome everyone to this week's episode of Grapplecast. It's me, your host, Taryn, and I'm joined by Dan, by Joe, and by Jamie. Hello! What up, Oos? Yeet! Uh, yes, but we're allowed to say that again, aren't we? After the one week of it being banned. Yeet to you too. Never mind deal or no deal, it was yeet or no yeet. It was, and, and, and festive greetings to all in our last episode before Christmas. How are we all? Yeah, good. Uh, speaking of festive greetings, Nadali Clowen. Uh, that's just foreign to me. That's Welsh to me, that is. Well, yeah, it's Welsh for Merry Christmas. Merry and Merry Christmas to you. What about too. Happy Holidays? Happy Holidays. Um, happy what if holiday. I don't celebrate Christmas? Happy Christmas. everyone to whatever you all celebrate around the world to our Lord. Feliz Navidad. Oh, I'm very much in the good spirit because I finished work at half past two today and I'm not back in until the 2nd of January. Oh, lovely. Nice for some. We'll take that. Yeah. We'll I mean, I finish on day. Friday and I'm not back until the 8th, but there you go. Well, so you've got lots work. of opportunity to watch all of the wrestling. You can you can watch Level Up, you can watch Main Event. Oh, I'll be watching the wrestling. I'll be watching The World's End. You can watch um, the new Braun Strowman documentary that went on um, the network this week, which we thought was about um, Braun Strowman rehabbing, but actually it was about him um, honouring um, a about tragedy. About his career so far. There was a tragedy about there was um, a car that moved through a Christmas parade and he was honouring that and it was like a half an hour documentary about yeah. how he was doing everything right. So yeah, that's on the network. A bit different. Worth watching though. Um, it was interesting to see. You know, he heard about it and where it came from. You must have remembered him. He had the Green Bay Packer boots on and he auctioned them off. It was basically the story yeah. of why he did that, where it came from, and all about you know Green Bay and the Green Bay Packers, which was quite good. Um, but yeah, um, we haven't had documentaries on the network for ages. So when it came up, I was about to put Level Up on in the morning. I said, well, no, this is on. We got to skip Level Up. We got to put this on instead. Fair enough. Might give it a watch. Don't worry, then, I watch Level Up as there. well. I watched Level Up too. Of course you did. Of course you did. Well, it's it's a very special episode. We've got two special episodes coming up. We do because our episode this week is all about our best and worst of wrestling of the last year. I believe we did one last year where we looked at the best of the worst, um, and that's what we're going to do today. And our we're not going to have an episode next week for Christmas week. However, the week after, the first week of January, it'll be our preview and predictions of what we think is going to happen in the world of wrestling in 2024. And I know that Jamie's done the painstaking task already in preparation for that episode in a couple of weeks of looking at what our predictions were last year and how <laughs> how fantastic I'm sure some of us did and how terrible I'm sure some of our predictions are. So we we look forward very much to, to that episode. What were you thinking? That's all I'm going to say. It's going to be quality. It's all of you. It's going to be quality. Right. But however, as I said, it's an exciting episode (laughs) in respect of looking back at the last almost 12 months from January to now um, across wrestling in general. And if you listen to us previously, we're going to give you our uh, each individual best and worst of a range of different things, best wrestlers promotions storylines moments that type of thing we're just gonna have a brief rundown of each so because we'll be here all night otherwise and we will finish with a quiz which i have um written which i'll let you all know now is over the last 12 months in the wwe each 
premium live event for each month, a question to do from each premium live event. So there you are. Ooh. So you can get your Googling and your cheating ready now for later. I'm right, so let's do it then. Cameron. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's start with... I think the way that we're going to do it is we'll do a round robin as far as going around everybody like we normally do. However, um, we'll alternate between after each one. So we'll all go through our best on a certain thing. And then rather than doing all the best, we'll go best, worst, best, worst, best, worst, just so we can compare. So let's kick it all off then with the big one. We're going to say who we feel is our best promotion in the world of wrestling this year and let's start with dan who have you oh. got for the 2023 grapple cast best promotion award well the promotion that i've enjoyed the most and it's the one that i always wake up and i'm like you know what i want to watch this straight away has to be nxt they've had some of the greatest shows of the year um probably my match of the year has come from nxt the, the, the storylines um the actual matches the attendance all of it is going in the right direction it, it, you know, you see in the stars of the future come in today. Um, yeah, NXT all day long. I think that they're bringing the the color the color to wrestling. Um, they're bringing in all the fun. That is my promotion of the year, NXT. And it certainly helps with Shawn Michaels on the old booking team. Exactly, and he's absolutely smashing it. He's got the Rock's daughter as his assistant now, helping him book matches. You know, he's appeared on screen now and again. You know, Grayson Waller making fun of him, challenging to matches. All, he's all sorts backstage there. I mean, when Re- William Regal's not allowed to be on camera, you need somebody to step up. And that man is the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. There you go. Okay. Uh, a, a nomination, certainly, for NXT. I've gone. Joe, who have you got? Um, it's, uh, I'm Superstar. I love NXT. But for me, it's like WWE in general. Um, this year, I think there was only like a couple of premium live events that were a bit bum. But overall, I would say the past year of like, premium live events have been very, very good. There have been some like outstanding matches, some shocking returns, and I think ever since Triple H has taken over the creative side mm-hmm. of it, as I said, bar one or two um, uh, pay-per-views, it's actually been really good, and that, like, the storylines make sense. Like Everyone seems to be really happy, for the most part, in WWE, everyone seems to be getting a good opportunity, so just WWE in general, I think, has got a lot better the last year under Triple H's control. No, fair enough. And and I will mirror that with mine also. I have chosen the WWE as a whole as my promotion of the year. I think it's pretty much stepped up its game because it knew it had to with the with the buyout. Um, if you want to look at one negative from it, obviously coming on from last year into this year is the whole Vince McMahon side of things. But, of course, we know he's taken a um, a bit of a, a, a step back. Triple H has been given that, that creative role. Um, you know, they they seem to be on an upward trajectory as far as where they need to go. And there's the healthy competition from AEW, which there always is. But I still think WWE in the past have still either not seeing certain promotions as competitions or just kind of stagnate a bit. But I think they are now finally going in the right direction with the storytelling, with the storylines, with certain talent that they're looking to push. And bar one or two premium live events or one or two storylines, that type of things, which I'm sure some of us will get onto when it comes to our worst, um, you know, they, they, they pretty much hit the nail on the head so far. And I, I think I've enjoyed this year's WWE more than I have done for a long time. 
let's put it that way. Jamie, your promotion of the... I mean, do we need to ask? But anyway, your promotion of the year and why? I said, I thought you were going to come to me and then you'd have the deciding vote on <laughs> the three that we chose. That would have been a little bit more suspenseful. But obviously... Um, oh, believe you me, I'll still pick after this anyway. Um, like I said, I picked AEW. I mean, I am the resident AEW expert. I do prefer watching AEW over any of the other products. Again, it's not oversaturated as much in terms of the content to a degree. You do have, obviously, Dynamite, Collision and Rampage. However, I don't watch all of them because I don't have time. Um, I watch Dynamite. I watch all of the premium live events. Again, they're not every month. You only get four, maybe five or six with some seven added in there as well with a bit Door and all in and all the extra ones but I mean come on it's had its record breaking year I know obviously there's stuff going around at the moment with all the money that it's lost but again AEW for me is the one that I need to watch straight away I hate when it gets spoiled I need to watch it fair enough okay well that's our, our nominations I, I think I think WWE takes it between the four yeah. of us purely yeah. on the basis of the fact that Dan's also included a NXT is in WWE kind of thing. So exactly. However, I think it's fair comments from from everybody. So the the Grafflecast promotion of the year is the WWE. Who'd have thought it? Who'd Yay. have thought? Who'd have thought? Right. Who time have thought? for the Grafflecast worst promotion of the year nominees i will go first on this one my worst promotion is a promotion that actually folded in end of january beginning of february this year after a terrible start in 2022 and it is none other than ec3's cyn control your narrative promotion (laughs) this was Burst out of the idea that him and um, Braun Strowman, after he got released from WWE, were going to create this federation. It was going to be hard hitting. It was going to have its own rules. I'm going to go through some of the rules now just to show you how ridiculous it was. I think it lasted about two events in front of 50, 100 people. And now if you go on their website, um, it's i mean they haven't even really got much of a website up anyway but it's 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 kind of just talking about like selling supplements and things like that i mean it's terrible but to give you an idea cyn's rules and regulations were number one you are in control (laughs) number two in capital letters you are in control that was number two (laughs) number three Fights end when you tap out, get knocked out, can't stand or quit, and sanctioned matches can end via pinfall. So surely they've just covered all bases there. It's just a dumb match. For standard professional wrestling rules apply for sanctioned matches, chaos ensures in the project pit. What does any of this mean? No one knows because I don't think they ever got to do that. Number five, no hashtag super kicks. No hashtag Tope Suiciders and no hashtag <laughs> Canadian Destroyers. I mean, I can get on board with all of that. Number six, the fight isn't with your opponent. It's with yourself. Number seven, fights will go on as long as they have to. Sanction matches 
hit to their times. And number eight, if you want to hashtag control your narrative, you have to fight. Lasted all the 10 minutes. Braun Strowman was back in WWE. EC3 he's tried to get into AEW and they're not offering anything. Control your narrative ended as soon as it's beginning. That is my nomination for the worst promotion of the last 12 months. Let's go to Dan. Fair enough, mate. I mean, I even I forgot about control your narrative, to be honest. <laughs> um, I think EC3 is a regional champion in NWA now or something. He took it off Tyrus. You oh, thought... enough, at least he has done something. Yeah, he's got a new tattoo and he's doing regional stuff. My worst promotion um, is uh, Ring of Honor, believe it or not. They've got too many championships. They Okay, they got Ring of Honor going so they could give all of the AEW stars who aren't doing anything same to do. But I've just heard this week they're bringing in a mid-card women's title. They've already got a women's title that Athena has that she barely defends and has had for the entire year. Samojo had his title for a year and... Yeah, fair enough, he defended it, but there's no point in him having the belt. You've got a pure title, which has weird rules, and it's never defended. Um, they've got tag titles that they've just put on AEW stars who aren't defending it because one of them's injured, but they haven't stripped him of it, which makes no sense. Samoa Joe just relinquishes a title, yeah. which we're not going to get into again, you know, know my view on that. <laughs> AEW's got this weird bracket tournament where there's these zeros, these threes, these sixes and twelves, and for some reason I have to do long division and algebra to work out what's going on, and they win... Three plus, plus three plus three plus three plus three plus three is fifteen, that's it, it only goes up to fifteen. But it's, look, you look at it, and I, I'm like, like, I love my you are in control. You are in control. I look at it and I'm like, what do they win? It's do they just win? like watching the Premier League. I know you're not used to getting three points, but Jesus. What do they win though? Like, do they win the the title that Samoa Joe vacated? Is there another they win, title? They win a triple crown title. They win a new AEW title, the Ring of Honor title, and a triple A title. They win See, that three titles. The triple crown champion. Paper titles, absolutely paper company, paper titles. He bought it for the library and thought, you know what, we'll keep Ring of Honor going strong. It's dead. This basically reminds me of the ECW brand where it was WWECW. Mm. It's floundering. Some of the stars that they got are doing okay, but they are absolutely floundering and it's crap. I'm, I'm, I don't know where to watch it. I, I, it's basically another version of AEW for the stars that they don't want to use. I thought that was what they were going to be doing with Collision, to be honest. But yeah, Ring of Honor... Just let it die, to be honest. I want it to succeed. Great rich history. But, you know, when DJZ or Whacking Wild or whatever it is made the logo for it and Daniel Bryan started it, I don't think they envisioned it going where it is right now. That is my worst company of the year. I think you make a fair argument. Jamie, who is your worst promotion of the year? Uh, in terms of promotion, I only watch AEW and WWE, so I don't think it's fair to comment on any other promotion. Uh, in terms of what is worse, you don't even watch Create Your Own Narrative. Well, there's nothing to watch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but Fair enough. At the, end, at, the, at the end of the day, wrestling is wrestling. People enjoy what they want to watch. This is why we have AEW fans. This is why we have WWE fans. This is why some people prefer Ring of Honor or Impact. To me, wrestling is wrestling. You enjoy what you enjoy. So I don't have a worse promotion because everyone should just enjoy what they want to enjoy. <sighs> I mean, that I think it's unfair. Yeah. And again, I can't comment. On, I can't comment on stuff I don't watch. I only watch AEW or WWE, and I can't say go. WWE is the worst promotion. Well, who's, who's your worst promotion, Joe? Um, it's got to be NWA for me. Like Billy Corgan, I don't know what he's doing with that NWA product. Again, it, it's like it's on. It's just on YouTube. So you have to like go out your way to find it. You like 
it's Bucky does a big sense. He's just a big Tyrus to champion because he's on he was on Fox News and now um, as Dan said, he sees he's a champion. He just let Nick Aldis go for like no reason whatsoever. Just was like, oh yeah, yeah, go away basically. It's like his booking makes no sense. And like now he's just like all over the Indies, like trying to like re re revive the NWA. I think he yeah, I think to, like, trying random... to re- he's trying to re revive the territories, isn't he? Yeah, he I mean, went to like some random tenant. He went to some like random Tennessee company. Said, "Oh yeah, you're you're now part of the NWA." Like, gave him like an NWA hat, and I'm just like, "Okay, who cares?" Like, so I was just like, "I I just don't get the whole NWA promotion and what they do with it." Like, I don't know why it's relevant in 2023. Fair point. I feel it's only fair that Jamie casts a deciding vote in this instance then between control your narrative, the NWA, and Ring of Honor. On who takes this year's worst promotion award? Um, well, you said creative narrative only lasted one month in 2023. Is that correct? That's what you said. Uh, technically, it was January or February. It started. I mean, it started, started the year before in 2022. Yeah, in like August or something. It didn't. So can, can we call it a, a worst promotion? Um, I'm going to side with Dan with Ring of Honor just because there has been a lot of comments about Tony Khan ignoring it and just kind of being like that forgotten child so I can see probably Ring of Honor probably being the worst promotion because it has been forgotten and like you said it is kind of an AEW dumping ground and kind of more like an NXT to AEW even though they already have different shows like that um, and again does it have a streaming deal? I don't even know if it's even on TV. Not sure. I wouldn't know where to watch it. No. Yeah. So. Ring of Honor. So Ring of Honor takes the Grapplecast Worst Promotion of the Year award. As we move on to Best Female Superstar of Ooh. the Year between, again, across all the companies. Um, I mean, I, I will also go first on this one because I think, what, well, we may all have similar answers, we may not, but I think it's pretty strong statement to say that the best female superstar, in my opinion, or best female wrestler from any company has to come from the WWE this year, and it is Rhea Ripley. Um, I agree. Yeah, I mean, well, Joe agrees. And Daniel nodding your head, was Rhea Ripley your choice? Yeah, and, you know, you've got the PWI 100, is it, for the women? Yeah. And there's been some amazing stars who've been doing really well. You know, you've got uh, Rhea Ripley in WWE, in AEW. You've got people like to- Timeless Tony Storm, who's been absolutely smashing it. Re- yeah. redeveloped you know you've got people on the UK scene like Danny Luna who's absolutely killing it as well um so you look in all areas um Julia as well in um New Japan um Mercedes Monet was a bit of a flash in the pan you know they're all smashing in different co- companies but with Rhea Ripley I know people who don't watch wrestling and they know who Rhea Ripley is they you know she's famous on Instagram um famous on on Twitter pretty much everybody knows who she is She's a massive name. She's held that title nearly all year. I think it's it's hard to, you know, you could say people have had good years, but she's had an exceptional year. I think it for me, when I look at her as well, I find it hard a lot of the time, especially when women are paired up with men. And, and this is this is just the way wrestling has been over the years. I find it hard to see um, a female superstar when being taken seriously by a lot of the fans when they're put in an authority figure. I mean, she she's basically runs the judgment day. She's basically the leader of the judgment day. But she's believable. I look at her and I think, yeah, you you are in charge of all these guys. I can see it's, you going in the believable. rumble. Yeah. I can see you going in the yeah. rumble and actually just, I think she had, she's up there in the betting odds, isn't she? 
Um, yeah. You know, not as a potential winner, but I could see her going in there. You know, she's faced people like Tazawa this year and absolutely flattened him. Uh, she's believable. She's almost, she's like China, but with, with actual wrestling, you know, good yeah. wrestling experience and a good a good character. Where China was just like, look at me, you know, I'm strong and big and didn't and work quite stiff. She she ticks all the boxes, to be fair. Well, I mean, that's that's three votes already for Rhea Ripley, so I believe she takes it. But Jamie, who did you have noted? Yeah, I mean, there's there's no doubt. Obviously, Rhea Ripley's had the strongest year. Obviously, winning the Rumble, winning the title at WrestleMania. She's held the title ever since. And obviously, she is going to be. But um, as Dan mentioned, for me, just because of the evolution of the character, timeless Tony Storm. I love her. I mean, we say it at the end of the podcast, you've got to watch out for the shoe. Like Definitely. literally, it's one of the greatest developments literally. of the character. Go, going from obviously the outcasts at the start of the year to then kind of losing her mind to then going into timeless Tony Storm. I think that's been a great year, and I think this time next year we could be saying Tony Storm for Women of the Year because she has been great, and the character can go in so many different directions as well. And mm-hmm. like I said, all of her promos are great, and whenever she's on the TV, it's must watch. Like she's great on commentary, she's great on the microphone, she's great in the ring. But like I said, you have to agree, Rhea Ripley has had an incredible year. Like I said, it has to be Rhea. So. Couple I, I honorable mentions. I, I'd say yeah. in Impact or TNA, you've also got like Jordine Grace, you've got Diana Perazzo, who've actually had an incredible year as well. Um, you've got Trinity, who's gone over there and absolutely blazing it. So women's division in Impact is going along strong. But yeah, you can't go wrong with Rhea Ripley. Like she is like the John Cena of that generation. Like. Okay then, as we move on to worst female, and I, and I think it's I think it's probably appropriate at this point to say we're we're not necessarily saying worst female because it would be unfair to say this is a worst female wrestler, this is worst male. I I suppose it's more worst booked in the way that they are portrayed. Rather, I know who Joe's going for. Um, I, I, you don't even have to go to Joe. I know who he's picking. I mean, let let's start with Joe. Who is your worst? Let's say booked female, maybe through no fault of her own, but worst female. Uh, Bella. <laughs> um, I, I said, like, I don't hate Bianca Bella. I actually like her. I just think her gimmick's stale. And I just, like, when she's out there wrestling, I just don't care anymore. Like, when she first came in, as like, the, you know, the EST character. I, I quite liked her. But, like, over the past, I don't know how many years she's been in WWE, her character's just the same now. I just don't feel like she's evolved as a character and as a person. And I, I, yeah, I just don't really. When she wrestles, I just like, there, just don't care. We fast forward most of the matches, to be fair. Yeah. I, I have to say, yeah, right. I tend to agree. She's not. When she first started, I was interested. Now I'm a bit like, hmm, there's no development. <laughs> I, I agree with you on that. Dan, who do you have as your worst female? Um, So I'm just thinking in the way that she was portrayed, and then eventually what happened with her, I'd say Dana Brooke. You've got somebody who was chasing the 24-7 title at the start of the year. Then all of a sudden, she's playing a frustrated female role on main event, and she's jobbing to everyone under the sun. They then say to her, well, go to NXT. You can be the veteran who's literally won nothing, um, who has done nothing in a career. But you can go down and mould the minds of NXT. She's paired with Kalani Jordan, who's very green and hasn't done anything. And she even she's outshining her. Then two, three weeks later, she's released. I think sometimes you... Yeah, okay, it's your booking, but also you need to help yourself. And I think it was a case to me, it was almost like she was happy just being there. And then she did some extra roles, but 
she put in a little bit of more, like a little bit of effort, but it wasn't the hundred and ten percent that you'd expect. So I think it was partially down to how she was booked, but also you need to, you know, you look at Nikki Cross for example. She wasn't being used, and she came up with a superhero gimmick. She wins Money in the Bank, and she wins a world title. You know, if you want to push yourself and go the extra mile, it's out there for you to do. But I think sometimes you've got to help yourself. And with Dana Brooke, you know, we've just seen that the release stars are now eligible to be re-signed to the companies. And if you say, well, where's she going now? I couldn't predict it. I, I couldn't call it. She'd probably it's go old, back to yeah. WWE in, in five years, surprise in the Rumble. So, yeah, Dana Brooke, I think she she would be up there. But, no, she's great talent. She can do really well. It's just, in the end, I think she just floundered and gave up. That's that's how it came across to me anyway. Fair enough. Jamie, who do you have? This one hurts. Um Again, I'm not saying they are the worst wrestler, but similar to what you're saying is is worst booked or what's happened over the year. To go for like the biggest star in the whole of women's wrestling to be where she is appearing in a random tag match for Impact Wrestling is Ronda Rousey. It hurts me to say, but literally from from where she was to how it came, and again, I'm sure we'll discuss later on, but yeah, Ronda Rousey. Fair enough. My nomination. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts. My nomination is he's gonna love this. Is an AEW nomination, Ooh. and again, it's not herself because I'm a big fan. It's purely the way she's been booked. It's the way she came in at a hot couple of weeks and then didn't do much of anything. Then won the title and then has floundered since. It's Soraya. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's Saraya. And, and again, it's she had the moment in London, though. That's the she, only difference. Like, she, she had, had the moment in London, but if um, Jamie Hayter was was there, then that would never have happened. Jamie Hayter would have taken it all day. Next year, mate. Next year. So, yeah, well, exactly. But yeah, unfortunately, and it's uh, Saraya and you'll be there. So we've all we've all got different um, choices there. Dan, you haven't um, you haven't chosen yet so i mean you can go with your own if you can choose somebody else's but who would you like to officially crown as the worst booked female no i'll go with what jamie said to be honest he put a very good point i I forgot about ronda to be honest and that's part of the course you know she had a tag title thing and then all of a sudden they just randomly dropped she won i said she won the tag titles at wrestlemania and i think because of the the feud with Shayna baszler and everything that happened and like i said then randomly appearing in impact like i said it just Meteorites went straight down like it literally. She didn't win the tag titles at Mania, was it? It was a couple months afterwards. They won like a, a no, it was a fatal four way WrestleMania. Yeah, no, that was a that was a number one. That was a showcase match. Uh, they won a showcase oh, okay. and it was a couple months later. I think it's because yeah. Ronda was working with a leg injury at the time, but then mm. she basically then turned it. Or Shayna turned on her, um, a crown jewel or was money, it money in the in bank. The bank? Money in the bank. Yeah, turned in on London. Her. Yeah. SummerSlam, and then it, it all ended. And like you said, there was no... But she was appearing on a couple of indies, and then randomly on a Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. It made more sense if she did it on a, in AEW, and she just turned up on a random match, you know... No, it's all good. Similar sort of thing. Nobody cares about... Well, people... I care more about Impact, to be fair. But, um, yeah, it was... And I didn't even... I went back and I watched the entrance to see if she had the don't give a damn about your bad reputation theme, in which... Was a bit disappointing, but no, I didn't watch any of the match, didn't really care, and they haven't done anything with it since. So I, I would agree with Jamie. Um, I love where, where Joe comes from, and I knew Joe was going to predict that one, and I do think I bring up good points. <laughs> Who would have thought? Can I, I'll I, throw I an honourable mention out there for Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. 
Or the devil. She's the devil. She's the devil. Well, well, if, if she is there, not up yet. Yeah, we'll we'll see. If we talk about obviously she if we talk about books, she should be world champion. Yes. Like she well, is exactly. the best thing, homegrown AEW champion. Yes, she hasn't been booked as much this year, but we can't say she's the worst because she has had some decent yeah. feuds and matches this, this year. Fair so enough. we can't. And she could be the devil. So okay, she's been well, she could be. Ronda Rousey takes the Grapplecast worst booked female of the year. As we go on to the best booked male superstar of the oh. year or the just the best male superstar of the year or the best male depending on which way you want to look at it um Ooh, I'm, i i shall go first i'll take take the lead on this one it's a wwe superstar it is the longest reigning intercontinental champion of all time it is gunter who else could it be who else could it be that you could choose a certain world champion who isn't there all the time however he's still well he's not undefeated because he lost against the Usos at one point. Um, he got pinned for the first dominated, time in like three years. Gunter dominating every match, dominating all the matches that they book very well where it looks like he's going to lose, like The Miz and Chad Gable, that type of thing. Um, being pushed to the moon, had an absolute storm of a Royal Rumble as well. Um, getting all the... Did he get to the last couple or so? He went from beginning last two, to... Eliminated by the eventual exactly. winner. And, you know, who knows what 2024 is going to bring. I'm not necessarily saying he's going to win a world title, but he's going to win a world championship, whether it be next year or in 2025. He's got a loss loss to Brock Lesnar coming his way at WrestleMania. Well, possibly so, unfortunately. But for purely best booked male superstar of the year, in my eyes, it has to be Gunter. I will go to you, Dan. Yeah, very similar. The guy who uh, eliminated Ring and Ralph. Um, did you know he used to be in a stable on the Indies? Um, the, <laughs> what was it called? Oh, it was a ring, ring camp, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's um, not in the quiz, Taryn. I hope not. <laughs> it's not, it's not. My pick would be the guy that eliminated uh, Gunther. It would be Cody Rhodes. He, he did, Unfortunately, he main-evented WrestleMania. He didn't finish his story, but then he went straight away in a programme with Brock Lesnar, which I really enjoyed, to be honest. Um, you know, eventually getting his validation and a handshake from him. And then he's had some absolute barn burners. And you know whether he turns up on Raw, SmackDown, NXT, that music hits. The place goes absolutely nuts. He gets one of the biggest pops. He's booked incredibly well. They know exactly what to do with him. And we're all talking about him potentially either winning the Rumble or winning Elimination Chamber to get another world title match. So, to you know, finish this, the story. To finish that story. He's, he is one of the hot, he's hot commodity. You look at any of the posters, he's like the new John Cena in a way. He's selling, he's one of the top selling merchants. I say Cody Rhodes, the stock, you know, he's definitely worthwhile coming back from that Tim Pot company to where the <laughs> promised land is. Yeah, Cody Rhodes takes my vote. Joe, who have you got? L-A-9. Yeah, I can't, think of anyone who's had like a meteoric rise as fast as he has he came up from NXT he got given that um, male model gimmick he got rid of that and then as soon as he got rid of the male model gimmick like literally all the entire arena chants along with him he's so over like everyone loves LA Knight like he's so and he's got himself naturally over like this isn't a WWE move of pushing him. They, he's purely got over organically with the fans. 
and all the fans love him and they're cheering him for the fact that he's had a match against Roman Reigns a crown jewel for the WWE title. I don't think there's anybody who's got over as quickly as LA Knight has, and I think he's had an incredible year. Yeah. Well, no. again, I had no, I had no, three no, no. I was looking at. Uh, obviously, MJF is one of them. Um, but I didn't want to be too obvious and say, obviously, the longest reigning champ, he's had it all year. He's had some of the greatest matches in the whole of the company and possibly wrestling of the year. Possibly two or three of his matches could be in the top ten of the year so far. Um, my other, my, he was my second choice. My third choice was Swerve Strickland, but obviously I can't really say throughout the whole of the year, more the second half of the year. Uh, but I had to go for this person just because I feel like of the impact that this person has had, the storylines that they've had and the moments. And to do it so late in your career as well, I've gone for Christine Cage. Yeah, that's a good shout. Like literally, he's literally having the best run of his career and he's like, what, 49, 50? Mm. Like, literally, everything that's going on this year, he started off with the feud of Jack Perry after he came back from the injury. He then had a feud then with the TNT title, obviously, after the turn of uh, Jurassic Express. Uh, winning the, having Luchasaurus being like that, winning the TNT title, the whole patriarchy and the father gimmick, your father's dead, and literally now having it with Adam Copeland. Like, literally, this is the best one he's had. And he was world champion in WWE, and I'd say, arguably, this Christine Cage was far better than when he was world champion in WWE. So for yeah. me, I think this is the year of Christine. Right. Well, I'm going to throw the deciding vote over to Joe. I am. So you can go with Ooh. your own or you can pick one of the others for the best booked male superstar. I got to go with Jamie Christian Cage. Like, I, I think Ellie Knight's had a good year. I think everyone else has made a good argument, but you kind of forget about Christian Cage as being like, like he's just slowly. Mr. Reliable, isn't he? He's yeah, just he's kind like of just slowly, there. Slowly bidding, bidding, bidding. But then I think when MGF went, had like a couple of weeks off, I think he was good anyway. But he's like, <laughs> he's, when MGF took, took his time off um, filming Ironclaw or whatever he was doing, like he turned it up an extra notch. And then uh, as David said, when he started doing the dead father gimmick and like bringing in um, Kill Switch and then... Um, the young boy, the prodigy, well. Nick Wayne. The prodigy, that's yeah. it, the prodigy, and then like Nick Wayne's mum as well, and like all the dead father stuff. I was like, I was like, I knew he was a good heel, but he's just turned it up to another level. And it's like, I, I you did we wouldn't expect it from him, so yeah, I definitely agree. Well, there we go. Then Christian Cage takes the best booked male superstar award. Who would have thought? Replicas. Who would have thought Christian Cage in 2023? Well, as we move on to our worst booked superstar slash wrestler of the year, and we'll start with Jamie. Who have you got? Again, I don't like saying worst. Um, well, that's what I've said, booked. Think, it's not yeah, necessarily yeah. their fault. I, I couldn't really think of anybody, so I'm happy to listen to all of you on this one. Well, but you the only can person have that came to my head. Then. Yeah, the only person that really came to my head was Paul White. Um, he had that one match. Paul White? Yeah, he randomly came out as like a fourth person in that eight-man yeah. tag match, and then he got body slammed by Powerhouse Hobbs on a car and got concussed. Very he's had fun. one match all year, and it was pointless, and it basically shows that, obviously, he's done, just don't do it to yourself anymore. Besides his cameo in the uh, acclaimed video as Captain Insano. Um, Captain yeah, I couldn't Insano. really think. Captain Insano. 
Uh, I couldn't really think of anybody, but I'm sure you guys have probably done a little bit more research. Fair enough. Bring out well, like, more better opportunities. Like I say, so yeah. We'll you... see. Unless they're AEW, then we're not going. We're not going to win. <laughs> <laughs> Who've you, who you got, Joe? Um, I got Shane McMahon. Like, um, just like just turning up a WrestleMania and then tearing his quads, just like, um, Effort. and like him just trying to book himself into matches. Like he tried to book the Royal Rumble and that was terrible, and then he turned up to WrestleMania and like did like ten minutes and tore his quad, and then I like had to get like stretch it out. So it's like, I think that's probably like one of the worst like moments of the year. Um. I don't know if it's his fault or WWE booking or a bit of both, but yeah, that, that was pretty terrible. A vote for Shane, Dan. Yeah, mine's got to be, I mean, there's a couple of people that I could chuck in there, but the one that came to mind first off was Keith Lee. Poor Keith Lee. He jumps company. Bearcat, limitless. Yeah, and then he goes over, he's like, oh, hang on a minute, they're going to use him right here. And he, he, okay, fair enough, he stopped dyeing his hair, then he started dressing up as a wizard. He's tagged with random people. He has the occasional good match, but there's somebody that we thought, no pun intended, was going to be limitless. He's going to be a champion. You know, he squared up with Brock Lesnar, and now all of a sudden he's just, he's teaming up with Dustin Rhodes, losing to a random team on Ring of Honor. Like, yeah, you know, if you said to most people, do you know who Keith Lee is? They'd be like, no, I don't have a clue. Wasn't he that guy who appeared in that Rumble once? You know, and that he, he's just flanked it. He's literally done nothing and. You know, I think I said when he was released, sometimes you've got to help yourself. I don't think, you know, he's testing all of these things. You know, one of the best matches I've seen was him versus Dominic Dijakovic in NXT, or even when they were doing it in PWG, they're absolutely incredible. Um, you know, he went from throwing Adam Cole into the crowd and making him pounce. You know, absolutely nothing. He's done nothing. Flying. He's basically somebody who's there sitting in and making up the numbers. I would put him on the worst, probably. Okay. I'm going to make a case for this one someone you've probably all forgotten about, and this is part of how the bad booking side of things. Um, someone who had a pretty pointless, forgettable feud that he started centred around his character that he lost, disappeared, came back for one match, disappeared, came back a couple of weeks ago in the US title tournament, lost and has disappeared. Carrion Cross. <sighs> That's I mean, I don't need to say anymore. I've just given you the last year in a nutshell. If, you know, I, I was surprised and nobody wants anybody to lose their jobs, but I was surprised he wasn't on the last round of cuts. I think that might have just been because he was on the previous round of cuts to, before he got brought back. I just, if you're, if there's anybody that needed to completely, completely go back to NXT and rehash their gimmick, from the beginning because it's not even working with Scarlet, it, it's him. I find perhaps through no fault of his own, I find his persona boring, I find his feuds boring. He doesn't win the feuds that he starts, and he is he's not even stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. He's start, stop, disappear for weeks and months on end, and start again, and stop and disappear for weeks and months. So, carrying cross for me, but Jamie, you ultimately have the deciding vote. I mean, you make a good argument uh, in terms of worst. If we talk about worst booked, I'd definitely say probably Carrying Cross. But if we talk about worst performance, I'd go Shane McMahon. So I think it's between them two, really. Um, what are you calling it? Worst booked or worst performance? I mean, like, like I say, I, I don't want to use the negativity as far as it being worse because it's necessarily the fault of the person. I think mm. 
if the booking I, I, is, I, I, I mean, I, I, Shane McMahon tried to book himself. He, so he did. On that that's course, an argument. But I would also say we've also got yeah. worst moments coming up that certain things like perhaps Shane could be a part. So yeah, I'll, I'll go for Carrion because there is obviously he was quite big in NXT. There was potential yeah. there. Um, similar to the argument with Keith Lee, you've got the potential that was there, but for everything that he could be, he's not there. And I was going to go for the same reason of why I was going to go for Dolph Ziggler being released. Like, we know how great of a wrestler Dolph Ziggler is. Um, But he got released, and it's like, how can you release him? But again, he could be the devil, so who knows what's going to happen at the end of 2023. Very well. um, As well, but if we're talking about booking, that's still an industry, carrying cross, probably, because he should be better than what he's currently being booked. Well, Karrion Cross takes the grapple cast award for worst booked wrestler of 2023. As we move on to the best event of 2023, and I will kick things off. I will throw an honourable mention out there for AEW All In purely for the basis of the fact that we were there and I enjoyed it. However, I my vote, my nomination goes to WrestleMania Night One, Night oh. One specifically. Not WrestleMania as a whole, and that's where whoever gets the decided vote on this, whether they want to take that into account on the fact that I suppose WrestleMania is a whole event, but we are technically two nights. We know that night two was quite disappointing. Night one was by far the strongest event. Um, entertaining from start to finish. Had, you know, decent opener with Austin Theory going over John Cena. Had the great main event with Zayn and Owens being the Usos. Um Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair, which was one of the matches of the year in regards to that. Um, and Rey Mysterio versus Dom Dom as well. So, yeah, some great, great matches. So, yeah, WrestleMania night one for me. Uh, Dan? Yeah, mine would have to go for Money in the Bank. Held in London, absolutely incredible electric atmosphere. We saw EO in the um, Money in the Bank. We saw Damien Priest win the Money in the Bank as well, which was a little bit of a curveball. None of us predicted it at the time. A uh, really good main event. Um, oh, and also we had John Cena come out and promise us WrestleMania. It was in British time. We're a British podcast. Um, predominantly, obviously, we go out to the world. But we like to watch stuff on British time. Um, luckily, we've got an event in France, an event in Germany this year, which will also be on British time, which would be great. Um, or maybe an hour difference. But, yeah, ultimately, money in the bank. Could I, You know, I, managed, I had a couple of other lads around. We had... Adam Rain and we had Desmond Rain as well. We ended up watching it with him. Meant we could go to town afterwards. Had a couple of bevies in the house. Really enjoyed it. We were all talking during it as well. Uh, that's the one that I remember the most. Um, if you ask me, oh yeah, what were the other matches that were on the card? A little bit hazy, but the actual Money in the Bank matches themselves were great. The main event was brilliant. Um, and John Cena coming out. I mean, if you were there, you would have blown the roof off the place. What more do you want? And hopefully we've got more premium live events to come to the UK or even Europe. You know, we're in France, we're having Germany, maybe it goes to Portugal, maybe Malta gets worth San Marino. Who knows what's going to happen? But yeah, Money in the Bank was my pick. Jamie? Oh, it's obvious it's AEW All In 2023, London. I mean, it was all right. It was all right. We were there for, for one. I like was there. Say, I was. I was there. You've got the t shirt to prove it and everything. Like, literally, it was, it's what we wanted. Night, like, to sell out Wembley Stadium, no one thought it was possible. It was like, real glass, though, don't forget. It, real glass. it was real glass. And I'm sure we'll talk about that later, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, AW All In. Like, again, as again, 
as I prefer AEW over WWE anyway to be there live and watching it and having all the moments that happen from them winning the tag titles to obviously then culminating with MGF retaining against Adam Cole. Like literally from start to finish, like CM Punk versus Samoa Joe, very underrated starting match as well. Like all the matches were really good and it was great to be there and watch it live because that was the first time it was in the UK as well. For me, like it's a no brainer. Like we were there. I was there. Joe. AEW All In. Um, again, um, maybe I'm slightly biased because we were there, but I, I think as as like an event, as like the first ever like AEW live event in the UK, like like eighty odd thousand people nearly there, um, and like just like the pure experience of being there, like all of the matches, like seeing them there, like Jericho versus Osprey, like. Like what a match! Like there was some like, really good match. And like if I could, like the only like criticism and like this is our own fault. Like I wish I paid a bit more money so I could have had like better seats, like a bit more forward than where we were. That's my only criticism of it. And the, the travel, obviously, the travel time from Wales is a bit, bit was a bit of a, a pain. From the northwest England. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a pain. But other than that, like the whole entire weekend, like. Bumping into you lads, seeing you lads there, like literally, like everyone was like just seeing it, like experiencing it in Wembley. Like, like I, I think of my memories of this year, like on um, on my Instagram memories, like the top, like your top six things you did this year that was on there. Like it was the shot of like where we were, of, like the stage of the top of Wembley. Like that was in my like best memories of the year. So I definitely like. And talk like highlights of 2023 dust in there definitely for me okay well we don't need to go to a deciding vote on this one because aw all in much to dan's disgust takes the um grapplecast best event of the year award it as... wasn't as good as clash of the castle let's be fair <laughs> <laughs> as we move on to the worst event of the year award i'm going to be very brief with this one because i mentioned it previously wrestlemania night two for me um, the, I had a couple of other things in there, like Crown Jewel, where I thought Crown Jewel was just okay, but at least it was okay. There was nothing really the center. WrestleMania Night 2, when you compare it to Night 1, and whilst I was initially happy that Roman Reigns went over Cody Rhodes, I can understand why people were like, what is going on? But of course, you know, there's further development in the story, but I won't go on any longer to save time for me. WrestleMania Night 2. Dan. To be fair, I can't really remember any that I looked at and went, oh, God, these are boring, this are rubbish. I mean, there's a couple that I just, a lot of the AEW ones I haven't really watched. It's a pain in the ass to try and find a, a stream and get it on. Um, it's quite difficult for me to pick the worst one. Yeah, WrestleMania Night 2 was quite boring. I hated the the ending of it. Um, so, yeah, you know what? I'll probably go with you on that one, WrestleMania Night 2. It's, it's really quite a tough one to remember. When, when you consider Night 2 add. Brock Lesnar Omos as the opening match, which was okay for what it was, but come on. And it had that pretty terrible women's WrestleMania showcase tag match. It had that bad Hell in a Cell match between Edge and the Demon, Finn Balor. And then, of course, you had the fact that Cody didn't go over Roman Reigns. Um, yeah, fair enough. I mean, do you, do you have a one, da- uh, Joe? Um, for me, SummerSlam. I just thought SummerSlam this year was a bit like Lester. I think, if I remember with our like review shows or our, like, reaction shows i think 
that was like the, one of the lowest scoring pay-per-views in the end, I believe it's got lower than WrestleMania Night 2. I just I wouldn't say like SummerSlam was awful, but I just think we were all a bit disappointed by it, considering like all the other premium live events that WWE've done bar WrestleMania Night 2 have all been really good. So I I would say WrestleMania Night 2 was would be up there with me as well, but I would say SummerSlam was more disappointing for me personally. Jamie, are you agreeing with any of us? Or yeah, exactly the same with Joe, yeah. So, SummerSlam 2023. Uh, SummerSlam is arguably one of the best events of the year behind WrestleMania and Royal Rumble. It's a big four event and there's so much expectation going into it. But as Joe said, it was the worst one of the whole year. At least WrestleMania has that WrestleMania element behind it. That is WrestleMania. There were some good moments of it. And you can argue WrestleMania Night 2 had the shock of Cody Rhodes not winning the title and the debut of Solo Sokoa. SummerSlam had nothing, it was terrible it was literally the worst event I've seen in 10 years Well I'll give the deciding vote to Dan since he didn't really have an answer he kind of agreed with Wrestlemania Night 2 but we've, so we've kind of got two votes to one, two votes for the other but Dan you've got the ultimate decider on this one Yeah I'll go with the lads actually, I didn't think of that at the time but they put up a good uh, case I'd say let's go with SummerSlam SummerSlam takes the vote as the worst event of the year Right I will go to Jamie for the best match of the year um, I think this one for me is obvious. Um, I'm sure you can probably guess it. Forbidden Door, it's Osprey versus Omega 2. One of the greatest matches I've ever seen live on American telly. Like, it's phenomenal. Like, literally, that match is pro wrestling. There isn't much Omega, I know, you don't, yeah. I know you don't like Kenny Omega, Taryn, but literally, Omega v Osprey. Like, the Tiger driver, where it looks like he breaks his neck right at the end. Mm. Like, that match was incredible. It's one of the greatest matches. I need to watch the Wrestle Kingdom match because maybe I feel like that one is stronger and a lot of people do say that online. But for American viewers, like literally that match was incredible. Um, I couldn't think of a lot more that was better than it. Possibly the Texas death match between Adam Page and Swerve Strickland just because of the brutality behind it. Yeah. But um, no, like literally that match, the build to it, the actual match in itself, it was perfect. Joe. Um, for me, it's the triple threat match with Drew, Sheamus, and Gunter. Oh, good old Joe, time. I've got the same one. <laughs> um, but I want to give an honourable mention to Osprey versus Jericho, again, purely because I was there watching it live, and it was such a good match to watch live. Like, that's the, like, <laughs> that was like an honourable, it was like a very, very close between those two, but yeah. Well, that's two votes. That Dan, who did you go for? Because I won't go anymore because you heard it all. I think you've got a background vote there as well. I have. My son's not not happy with the choice of the triple threat. <laughs> I was going to go with um, Alicia Alicia Fox versus Melina. I mean, that's that's always that's always a classic. A match no, of um, the ages, that one. Oh, mate, that'll go down. It's like Rock versus Hogan, that is. Or R-Truth versus JD McDonough. I mean, what more do you want? Now, my pick, I would probably go for the, the men's Iron Survivor from NXT Deadline. That match, had I've never heard the crowd so loud during a match. There was multiple pinfalls, loads of different twists. It was and right at the end, Trick Williams managing to get three pinfalls in the space of like 20 seconds. That match is definitely up there for one of the matches of the year for me, only because it elevated so many stars. And it just goes to show with a lot of people in that match, like Tyler Bate and uh, Bron Breaker, these are people that should be on the main roster and would be absolutely killing it. But they're down in NXT, they're honing their craft, and it really put over a rising star like uh, Trick Williams. That match, absolutely incredible. I'm looking forward to going back and watching it again next time that there's another Iron Survivor, which there will be the following year. I'm excited to see it. That's one that I tell people to watch if they want a good 
example of what that match is. That I was thoroughly sports entertained during that match. Lovely. Well, I'm afraid, guys, the triple threat takes it purely on the basis of two votes it does. But I think it's... Oh, well, you, you had three. You had a background vote as well. We did. Well, he didn't approve. <laughs> he, he was crying. Um, yeah, the triple threat from WrestleMania Night 2, the only good match of Night 2 in that sense, takes the Grapplecast best match of the year. As we go on to the worst match of the year, I'll make this one nice and simple, nice and easy. We've already mentioned the event as being the worst event, SummerSlam. My pick is Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler. Uh, Jamie, <laughs> you're nodding. Yeah, like the um, MMA rules match, absolutely terrible. Why? I had two matches and I wanted to pick the Mountain Dew pitch black match because of how ridiculous and how terrible that match was. But literally, Ronda and Shayna, it goes in line with my worst female and the whole booking of it all. It was absolutely terrible. Why have an MMA match with no MMA in it? And um, it's ridiculous. It's terrible. Worst match of the year. Two. I agree. Two, uh, three. We've got three. We've got three oh, down it's terrible. I actually, I thought the match was okay. Um, oh, I didn't think yeah. it was. It was <laughs> I'd probably go for Omos versus Brock Lesnar. I mean, Brock didn't want to be there. Omos moves like a jacket potato that's stale. Uh, they just both, like, one was trying to make it, but didn't really know what to do. And the other one should really be putting him over, but didn't really. It's a squash match. To be honest, it was pretty forgettable. They're trying to make him like a showcase, and he isn't really. Mine would probably be Omos versus uh, Brock Lesnar. It's, it's a solid pick, but Ronda Baszler takes the worst overall. Right, as we move on to the best and the worst storylines, we've got two left, best and worst storyline and best and worst moment of the year. So we'll start with the best storyline. We'll start with Joe. The bloodline. Well, there you go. Oh. I, 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 that's a vote for me as well. I've also put the bloodline. You uh, can't well, really go wrong with it, to be fair. No, I mean, is that yours? Yeah, I go Bloodline too. They've been absolutely must-see television. And now our truth's in the group. They're going to be unstoppable. Awesome. He's in the Judgment Day. He's yes. probably going to try and join the Bloodline as well. Yeah, that too. Yeah, he's going to join all of them. And he's, um, yeah, pretty much he's going to win the Mayon Classic and enter the breakout tournament. I mean, the sky's the limit for the guy. They've had these very big moments with, you know, Zayn and the Usos and Owens and Cody not finishing the story, but he'll probably finish the story next year. And obviously Reigns long title reign. I mean, in, within WWE, certainly it, it, it's got, it's got to be the, the pick, but let's see what Jamie's picks. So let's see if he's gone with something from AEW or whether he's gone. Well, you know, I would just because I know obviously where your guys line, but uh, just because of the organic, nature of it all and arguably being the biggest thing in AEW I've gone for better than you baby with MJF and Adam Cole because no one expected it to be as big as what it was and like I said they headlined London together um, and unfortunately like I said Adam Cole injured himself while trying to save MJF at the event but literally we're talking about AEW in its growth and how it's organically had this storyline developing because I'm sure they probably weren't supposed to last this long uh, they were supposed to probably just have a little bit in that tag team mix thing and then then turn on each other. And there's always been that whole talk of always Adam called the devil because it's still going on even though he's not on TV. Like literally to have MJF have a whole 180 flip of his character and completely develop and change. I think better than you, baby, is probably the best storyline in terms of the reaction from the audience. Okay. And how okay. it's been taken. 
but obviously you all go yeah. for. Well, the bloodline, the bloodline takes the win purely in the number of votes, but it's it's certainly a worthy contender. I would I would certainly agree it's the best thing out of AEW, um, out of them all. So, right as we go into the worst storyline, um, and, and we'll start with Jamie. Uh, the worst storyline. I'm surprised I'm going to go for AEW on this one. Um, I'm actually going to go for Adam Cole versus Chris Jericho. Uh, early on in the year, if you remember it. There was so much build to it. And the only reason I've gone for it because it could have been so much better. But I think I could have gone for the worst moment. But I think the worst thing that I've seen in wrestling this year was the beatdown of Britt Baker when Adam Cole was tied to the ropes. And basically she's getting kendo sticked by the outcasts and the uh, Jericho Appreciation Society. And she's just there going, Austin, help me. It's the worst thing I've seen probably this year. <laughs> and then you, ha- and you had the whole like, it was, I mean, the, the shots weren't even that hard. And then obviously it culminated into probably, again, it was on the cusp of being on the worst matches. Unfortunately, WWE had two worst matches. But uh, it's probably the worst match in AEW this year, especially because of the build of it and the characters. That Adam Cole, phenomenal wrestler. Chris Jericho, phenomenal wrestler. It could have been so much more. So because of how it just burned out completely, Adam Cole v Chris Jericho. With specific mention to the Britt Baker beatdown because that was absolutely terrible. Yeah. Okay, Dan, your worst storyline nomination. I would probably go for the Don Callis Chris Jericho um, thing. You know, where he's going, yeah, I want you to join my appreciation club. You know, I want you to be part of the Don Callis family. He's like, no, I've got, I've got a stable already. And all of a sudden, they're all starting like, no, no, you're annoying me now. And then they have this summit in the ring, and they all walk out on him. But they all stay, like half of them stay together. The other half of them go and do other stuff. And then Jericho gets a couple of them back anyway. And then he decides to go with Don Callis. But Don Callis has had a tin pit then of him. And he's like, what, what do you mean? They're trying to make it like the, this is your life moment you know, with the Kevin Owens. And it just didn't work out very well. And then all of a sudden, he's teaming up with Kenny Omega. They're the Golden Jets. And it's just all, it's really messed up and makes no sense. It, you know, he's like, yeah, yeah, you wanted me to join your stable. I'll join it. Oh, actually, I had this painting done because I thought you were going to change your mind. <laughs> it makes no sense. And I was listening to it going, I'm not engaged. I'm just confused. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the Chris Jericho, Don Callis, Appreciation, Family Members Society, that whole thing was a cluster. So that's that goes for my vote. Give us your worst storyline, Joe. Uh, schism on NXT. So there was um, <laughs> Ava Rain, the rock's daughter, and then it was... Um, the Grizzled Young uh, veterans, and they were doing like the woke gimmick with um, this guy called Joe Gacy, where basically they were like doing like a cult thing where like, uh, you know, being kind is is nice, but they were like just really creepy. But you could, it was very public that, you know, Grizzled Young veterans hated the gimmick and didn't want to do it. And you could tell that by watching NXT, like you saw them in the ring and they were wearing like smiley face masks and like doing like, the creepy cough gimmick, but you could just tell by watching them on on TV on the on the weekly product that they just didn't want to be there, didn't want to do it. So it was just, you know, no fault to you know Ava Rain and Joe Gacy. They were trying to make it work, but the other two, you could just tell they just didn't want to do it. It was just awful. Okay, three uh, three different nominations, two for two worst storylines from AEW, but let's make it. Three worst storylines from AEW. 
the worst storyline of the year accumulates over in my eyes the whole year with not only a terrible lengthy title reign but also the fact that he dropped the no, title don't be so and stupid. beat John Moxley of all people <laughs> to win it back it's the storyline of the reign of Orange Cassidy as the all Atlantic <laughs> international whatever they want to call it this week championship not only you know my views on it and it, the gimmick's terrible and he should not be beating it using that gimmick credible main event stars, the fact that he then loses out to them, win it back, and then to beat the guy who should have beaten him. No, it's I feel like I should have the overall vote with him, but to be fair to Jamie, I won't do. I'll throw it back to Joe on this one. So Joe, you've heard everyone else's that's mine. Grapple cast, who do they pick as the worst storyline of the year of the four that we've heard? Adam Cole storyline, definitely. Um, but I will say to Dan, that to Dan's credit, the whole like Jericho Don Callis thing, that was confusing. I, I wouldn't say it was a bad story, it was just confusing. But yeah, just for like the acting and like the chemistry between Jericho uh, and Adam Cole, like on paper, it should be amazing, but it, it was just awkward and horrible. Well, that Adam Cole storyline, it takes the worst storyline. There we go. Right, as we move on to our last two then to finish off the Grapplecast Awards, the best moment of the year. I'll start first with an honourable mention. It certainly wasn't the best moment. It was the worst. It was the most terrible moment, the death of Bray Wyatt. But best moment as an honourable mention goes to the tribute show specifically on SmackDown for him and Terry Funk. But, you know, the fact it was mostly centred around Bray Wyatt, wasn't it? Very touching, very hard for everybody, but done in done in a very heartwarming, positive way that I feel like it deserves a, a mention. Um, but purely from a wrestling storyline point of view, the best moment, in my view, was at, I believe it was Elimination Chamber, and it was Sami Zayn turning on the bloodline purely for the pop, the you know, the hit on, on of the chair at the back of Reigns. Um, you know, other than an, another honourable mention, CM Punk returning to the WWE. Um, other than that pop, that was certainly the loudest pop for somebody who hasn't returned, just like, a, you know, a, a, an in-ring moment, loudest pop. So, yeah, for me, Sami Zayn getting his own back and turning on the bloodline. Damn. Was it not the Royal Rumble? Well, Rumble, then, there you go. As long as it was this year, there we go. It was, yeah. <laughs> There we go. Dan, who have you got? Yeah, mine would probably be the draft. Usually with a Raw and SmackDown draft, you get, you know, it happens for a couple of weeks and then people just go to random different shows. But they actually brought up a lot of, they, I think they called up 13 or 15 stars from NXT. Um, you know, a lot of them like Zoe Stark. They're absolutely smashing it now. Grayson Wall is absolutely killing it as well. So I could see you know, the draft. That's probably the best moment. It, it was all mixed up. It was all going, you know, nothing was working, everybody's going here, there and everywhere. All of a sudden you've got Barrett Corbin down there next, he's absolutely smashing it. And I found some people out, you know, like Mr. Farley had enough, uh, Dana Brooke, like she found out to be not as good as she thought she was. Um, the draft itself, I think WWE has been on an upward trajectory, but, you know, it means that the talent can, they're not on the road so much as well. We're not getting as many injuries in WWE, not like AEW where Daniel Bryan's had 27 different injuries this year because he's absolutely killing himself. 
but yeah, the draft. I think the draft really helped WWE, and I think it's made the product more entertaining. And without that draft, the product would have been a lot worse. Would have had a lot more injuries. So I would credit the draft for the best moment this year. Okay, Jamie, do we need to even bother coming to you, or is it the draft? <laughs> um, again, I, I chose like a few different ones. Honorable mentions to uh, the Daniel Garcia dance because I fucking love it. Um, the Prince Nana dance at full gear, literally everybody on their feet doing the Prince Nana dance was a great moment. Um, second place for me uh, was after AW Wallin uh, when MGF and Adam Cole hugged because you thought that was the moment he was going to turn. And they were, we're back next year. Oh no, not that bit, but like literally yeah, when yeah. you thought Adam Cole was going to turn and the kingdom were going to come down and beat him up and they actually hugged. That was a great moment, emotional brilliant moment and great storytelling to obviously continue that storyline as well i thought that was brilliant but for me in the culmination we talked about it being the best storyline but i think the moment of the year and probably that stands out to me is sammy and kevin owens winning the tag titles at wrestlemania night one it's a great moment and it's finally got their moment in night one to actually do it and i'm a massive sammy Zayn fan anyway so to actually have them in the main event and have a tag match at the main event at night one it was a great moment. Like I said, it culminated the the bloodline story with Sami Zayn, and to have two best friends headline WrestleMania and win the titles, to me, like literally, that is the moment of the year, and it's gonna win. So yeah, Joe. Yeah, I've, I've seen as you guys. I've got a few. So an honorable mention, obviously, CM Punk going back to WWE. That no one ever thought that was gonna happen. Um, I as you guys. I was there. Uh, same as you guys, like Sammy saying, like turning on the bloodline and like his homecoming uh, elimination chamber, that was great. Obviously, him and KO winning the tag titles of WrestleMania, that was wicked. But I'm going to go for an out of the box one, and it might be controversial, but Logan Paul winning the US title. Oh. Little heart. Like, it's, it's, everyone's going to talk about it. Well, yeah, that was okay. better than I'm, the draft. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's obviously it's a viral moment. Like obviously, the following he's got on social media, like you know, he's got such a big following on YouTube. He's got his own podcast, and he did does all the stuff with boxing. He's got his own drink brand, Prime. Like it's bringing a casual fan into watching WWE. So I think it's only makes good business sense for Logan Paul to be US champion. I know we all predicted him to beat Rey Mysterio. But I think it's one of the most, most shrewd business moves WWE have made in the last year. I, I think, you know, the the stuff you've been doing past couple of weeks on SmackDown for the US um, Championship, the open tournament he's been doing, he's been like posting like little clips, like slagging people off. Like I, I think it's great for WWE. It just brings more eyes to the product. So yeah, that's that's the one for you, me. You make a fair argument. I'll give you that, Dan. I'm going to give the um overall decision to you with all due respect i feel that there were more memorable moments than the draft um so that's what that's why i'm giving it to giving it to you so you've got between the logan paul us title win sammy turning on the bloodline and sammy and owen winning the titles at mania yeah i'll go with joe's i think um logan paul winning the us title it's great for the business it's great for prime great prime absolutely love prime Let's go with that. I think that's, you know, we'll go with that for the moment. Yeah. Might have to overrule a bit the draft. Don't be so stupid. <laughs> right, I there we go. It, it's locked it's in. It's exceptional television. 
best moment of the year in wrestling, according to the Grapplecast Awards, is Logan Paul winning the US title. It has to be. It's been locked in. As we end on a high with the worst moment in wrestling of this year, I'm going to kick it off again. I mean, obviously, it's part of SummerSlam. And it was Jimmy Uso turning on his brother again. God knows, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, turning up. Everybody was like, oh, for God's sake, when he pulled his hood down. It was just, I think it was a mix of, oh, for God's sake, um, you know, he's going to lose and race is going to win again. But also at the same time, it was, why is he doing this after the previous matches? Just, it was all a ruse. It was me all along, Austin, all this other business. Yeah, for me, that was the worst moment. It was more of the just, I think when you accumulate on the fact that the event was not great as a whole and it was bad and, you know, we chose it as our worst event of the year, for it to also then end on, oh, you know what, we all turned. and We, we got a win over Roman. We, we beat him. And look, it's us to the end. And yeah, great. Oh, no, wait, actually, that was all a ruse. And I'm actually against my brother anyway. Blah, blah, blah. Terrible. I'm moving on because it annoys me. Joe? Um, for me, it's an AEW thing. It's not well, obviously. Um, any any booking, but it's like the AEW Human Resources Department not I think they definitely need to like hire like a people manager or something like or like or like a people services manager because like all of this stuff that's going on backstage in AEW and all the rumors and obviously the fight between like Jack Perry and CM Punk and like uh, Tony Khan feeling like his life's in danger and like and all this stuff like leaking on dirt sheets it just makes AEW look like. You know, inept and like they can't run the business properly. And I know AW is a new company, and you know they've only they've only been going four years and they've only got start going going. But they just make them look like amateurs. It just it's just ridiculous, frankly. And like I know WWE is not perfect, but when stuff happens in WWE you, backstage, you hardly hear about anything. And if you do hear about something, it's usually part of the storyline. But like most of the stuff in AEW this year, like the fight. That, the scrub and everything like that has actually overshadowed what's been happening on television and that should be the case. Good shout. Right, Jamie. Um, you say ending this on a, a high note, but for me, unfortunately, uh, you did mention it before, it's the best moment, but Bray White's death, for me, is the worst moment of the year. And there's not really much, much to say about it. It's unfortunate. It was a big loss for the wrestling community he could have come back he could have had so many big moments and think of the career that he could have had but we talk about worst moments in wrestling this year it's very wise there fair enough dan i'd agree with jamie 100 it, it shocked the world everybody was absolutely devastated i remember speaking to brad in the office and you could tell in him he was absolutely heartbroken by it. he's like, i can't believe it. i mean you know we've gone through the eddie guerrero things the chris benoit things of them suddenly passing but with bray Wyatt, you know there's rumors of him coming back they're thinking about putting stories together for him. And then all of a sudden to say, no, he's been having difficulties and unfortunately has passed. You know, it, it took a while. For, and people are still not the same since. Um, that is the worst moment. Think of what, what could have happened. The matches that we could have been happening in the moments that we could have been happening. You know, Think of all the, the Mountain Dew matches we could have had. <laughs> oh, mate. I mean, what more do you want in life? Yeah, 100% in passing. It's a, it's a tragedy. And I, I do think, if not this year, within the next few years, they will be putting them in the Hall of Fame, very similar to uh, Eddie Guerrero. Undeservedly so. Right then, that is the Grapplecast Best and Worst 2023 Awards. 
well done to the best and the worst nominee winners. I'm going to throw us straight for time sensitivity into our end of episode quiz. It's going to be quick fire. As I mentioned, it's WWE based. For the first time ever, not 10, 11 questions because there were oh. 11 premium live events this year. I'm sure we've question. had 11 questions in a quiz before. Well, maybe so, but I'll say for the first time this year or for the first time this week. Here we go. Question one, Royal Rumble. Who was entry number one in the men's Royal Rumble? Question two, what was the main event of this year's Elimination Chamber event? Question three, what was the opening match to WrestleMania night one? Can you hear that Googling typing go? Question it's me typing on my Surface <laughs> Pro, I apologise. <laughs> Question four. Bad Bunny defeated Damien Priest in what type of match at Backlash? I was going to say Backlash would be um, an honourable mention for one of the best events of the year it as was, well. It, it was, was really good. decent. Like, compared good, to what you expect Backlash well. to be, it was a good crowd. And I think I'd, if we had most surprising event, I'd probably say that because you wouldn't expect much from it, but it was actually quite a, a decent a decent show. True. Question five, where did this year's, so which country, did this year's Night of Champions take place? Question six, who did Seth Rollins successfully defend the World Heavyweight Championship against at Money in the Bank? Seth Money, Money. Yeah. <laughs> Question seven, who won the 25-man Slim Jim Battle Royal at SummerSlam? all about that slim jim question eight becky lynch defeated who in a steel cage match at payback Cracking. question nine in the three hour premium live event fast lane how many matches were there on the card laughing in the first lane question ten who did Roman Reigns successfully defend the Universal Championship against at Crown Jewel? The Crown Jewel Jack. And last one, question 11. At Survivor Series War Games, how long in minutes was the men's war game match? And I'll give the point to whoever's closest. Right, let's fire through this. Question one then. Dan, who was number one in the men's rumble? Gunther. Joe. Gunter. Jamie. Gunter. A point for you all. Question two. Joe, what was the main event of Elimination Chamber? Sammy vs. Reigns. Dan? Sammy Reigns. Jamie? Sammy Reigns. I said it before, didn't I? Lovely. <laughs> Jamie, what was the opening match to WrestleMania night one? Again, you said it before. Austin Theory vs. John Cena. Dan, Joe, Theory any different? Cena. Yep. Yeah. There we go, all doing well here. Joe, Bad Buddy defeated Damien Priest in what type of match at Backlash? Street Fight. Dan? Sir, San Juan Street Fight. Jamie? Um, I went Puerto Rican Street Fight, but yeah, San Juan Street San Fight. San Juan right. Street Fight, a point to Dan. I'm I knew afraid. it was a weird no, name, it was in Puerto Rico, so yeah. That's true. Uh, Jamie, where did Night of Champions take place this year? Saudi Arabia. Joe? Saudi. Dan. The Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. The Kingdom of, correct. And Dan, who did Rollins beat at Money in the Bank? Finn Balor. 
Jamie. Finn Balor. Joe. I put Drew. It was Finn Balor. Oh. Jamie, who won the Slim Jim Battle Royal at SummerSlam? LA Knight, yeah. Joe. LA Knight. Dan. LA Knight. Maybe we thought one way here. Uh, Dan, <laughs> who did Becky Lynch defeat in the steel cage at Payback? Chris Stratus. Jamie. Chris Stratus. Joe. Chris Stratus. Dear God. Joe, <laughs> how many matches were there at Fastlane? Five. Ooh, Dan. Five. Jamie. <laughs> I also went for that. It was five, have a point, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jamie, who did Reigns beat at Crown Jewel? Defending the um, universe title. Lenite, Joe. Lenite. Dan. Lenite. There we go. One point. <laughs> right, here we go. The one that could I need this one to tie Dan, otherwise he gets all 11. At War Games, how long was the men's War Games match, Jamie? I went for 24 minutes. Ooh. Joe. I'd say 60 minutes. 16? 60, 60. You mean an hour? Long people call it an hour. Yeah. Um, Who did say closest in minutes? How many minutes, Jan? 28. What did you say? You don't give me 26. I said 24. If it's 26 now, (laughs) it's going to be 26 45 or something. Well, it was 50 seconds and the minutes were 34. 34 50. A point to Dan. Dan, you got the point. I got 11. I got 11 points. And we ha- and Dan, that put you on 14. So the final quiz leaderboard of the year was Dan on 14, Jamie on 11, me on 7, and Joe on 2. Dan, for the third year winning, I'm happy to announce you are the Grapplecast 2023 quiz champion. Woo! And with that, Dan... If only you could make that predictions. Well, don't worry, because I was there. I'll win it all next year. Dan, where can everybody find us on the socials? Yeah, you can find us on the uh, Instagram, the X, the Facebook, and um, the threads. We are at Grapplecast, or at Grapplecast Show. Uh, You can also find us wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Make sure you like, rate, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Lovely. Well, Merry Christmas, or... Happy Hanukkah or whatever you may celebrate or you may not celebrate, but have a happy holiday period to all of our listeners out there. Thank you to everybody for your continued subscriptions, listening, support, everything. We very much do appreciate it. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell the dog, tell the cat, get them all to listen. Um, We won't be here next week as we have a well-deserved Christmas break. However, we will be back the first week of January, as mentioned, with our predictions of the year. it's bound to be a funny episode because if it goes anything like last year, like we're going to recap, it'll be terrible, terrible, terrible. There isn't a word for it. Terrible. If there is, it'd have to be terrible, Jamie, if you'd like to sign us off. Yeah, I mean, I guess about first. I do. Let me bid you a goodbye. Good night. Chin up. Tits out. And watch for the shoe. Merry Christmas and ta guys. Ring the bell!